Show, are you ready to strap it in and get into this week? It's gonna be a long grind. Gonna be a long grind, I can tell you that, man, because we got Supercross not till Saturday. We gotta power through this week. 49's plugging away. Shout out to everyone for joining us on the Supercross coverage on Saturdays. Uh, once again, Daytona, we will start two hours before the gate drops. And we will have our shenanigans and our picks and our nonsensical babble heading into the actual races. And then once each race completes, we'll come on, do a quick recap of it, and then do a post-race wrap-up, as we always do. So please join us for that. The video of those shows, they are now a vlog Saturdays, and those are available on Big 49, on TheBig49.com. So go to TheBig49.com, check out the video vlogs. You won't see me in this week's show. I decided two weeks in a row of stretch on camera is too much, so I stayed at the Big 49 West Studios and did not participate with the Numb Nutses. But I'll tell you who did participate with me from my home studio on Saturday night, and that would be Mr. Cooper F. and Webb. That's who my BFF. He's fast as hell, boy. He's two points away from the red plate. Coop is a guy that just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, stays back, waits for you to make a mistake, or gives you pressure and forces you to make a mistake, and then he wins. And that's what he did this weekend. I like the way that guy, I love the fight in that dog, man. I love the grind of that dude, and I respect the hell out of Cooper Webb, and I'm very excited to see him having a great year after having an off year last year when he was not comfortable with that bike, and now... Whatever they did, it's working now because it is dialed in and Coop is back to being Cooper. So we'll talk to him coming up here in just a few minutes. Get down, get a little Cooper web time. One day he's going to be like, hey, Stretch, what's up, my BFF? One day, one day he's going to throw that bone to me, but no, not right now. Also, by the way, just so you know, I had my orange KTM hat on yesterday during the show. Last two weeks, I have worn a hat. Just I have a lot of hats for uh, motocrosses. <laughs> And uh, the week before, I had on my ET3 hat. This week, I had on my Cooper Webb hat. I have a Justin Barsha hat, too, and I got a Dean Wilson hat. But I have been concentrating on the ET3 and the KTM lately, and it seems like whenever I wear the hat, they win. I'm the good luck charm. The good luck charm of Moto. Outside of Moto today, we are going to get into... uh, Boy, I got a guy that got arrested with a bunch of stuff. And it's kind of a story we talked about last week in a lot of ways, and we'll get into that. What happens when you're one of the richest people in the entire planet and you want to buy a sports team? You think you get the sports team, right? Well, that's wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. 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 You know why? That's so wrong. It's wrong like the picks of Moto Man, Kyle, and Jason from HYR on the weekend show. That's how wrong it is. I'm going to tell you what's really going on. And then I had a story about the president of Mexico, and he's either... A genius in heat deflection because he's got a lot of heat coming at him for the way he's handling certain things in the country. Or he's uh, one of my people. I can't decide which one it is, but uh, Andreas Manuel Lopez Abrador. He is the president of Mexico. And I got to get into a little story. It's right up the stretch alley from him. So we'll we'll talk about that one. In fact, I'll do that right after we talk to Cooper Webb because I dig this story. Then I got uh, news on marriage. What do you think the statistics on marriage in America? 
Where do you think we're going? What do you think we're looking at? I'll, I'll give you numbers. I'll break it down for you. Then I got a dude that got his truck stolen, and it's some BS how his truck got stolen. And there's nothing worse than walking outside one day and your truck is gone. It has happened to me. Probably many, many of you, too. It absolutely blows, but we'll cover that story. You're looking for some bananas? Well, I'll tell you why. You might not be able to find your favorite bananas. Yeah, there's a whole thing going on right now. And then I got a cool story about a lady that uh, pretty much won when a guy tried to rape her. Lady wins. Shout out to her. All that and a hell of a lot more. Plus your moto minutes, your entertainment, and everything you've come to know and love here on The Stretch Show. Because it's Monday and we're going to power through. So get ready. A little rock and roll. We'll be back with my friend Cooper Webb. It's the Big 4-9. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saturday, right before the Supercross started, Eli Tomac made a big announcement that he is going to be staying with Star Racing Yamaha and he's going to race both outdoors and the three rounds of the Supermoto Cross season this summer and fall. And remember, at the start of the season, Eli was saying he was on a one-year deal with Star Racing, and after Supercross, that was it for him. He was most likely done. Then up until last week, he started saying, no, nah, it's a 50-50 chance I stick around. And he's been running around with a sourpuss on. He has not looked happy. And then Saturday, it looked like the weight of the world was off that guy's shoulders. He seemed happy and having a good time and way more relaxed than he has all season long. And they make that announcement that he has a contract extension with the Star Racing Yamaha crew, and he is going to race into the motocross season and the super motocross season, and he seems to be very happy with that announcement, as I'm sure all of the fans are too. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are going to go to the winner of the Triple Crown in Arlington, Texas, and it is my BFF, if he likes it or not. His name is Cooper Webb, and he rides for the Red Bull KTM team. Cooper, what a great night, man. The third, it's like you got better and better throughout the night, but let's talk right now about that first race. It wasn't that great for you. That was the worst race of the night for you. I know the points get better into the third race, but how, how did that shake out? After the third race, what happened when you uh, went back to the truck and didn't have you know a podium-type finish in that first main event? Uh, yeah, that one was a tough one for sure, um, but... It's it's three three of them, you know, and I think I learned that the first one. Just you got to try to put yourself in a good position early. Uh, honestly, we kind of went the wrong way with the bike in the first one, and um, okay. we went went back and regrouped, and I felt like uh, we made some good changes for the last two. Um, so, yeah, but overall, yeah. Um, the first one wasn't my best one, and then uh, even that one, obviously, there was some mistakes at the front that, that definitely helped me out, but um, overall, I'm stoked to, to definitely execute and, and get a win. All right, and, and to get the win, you had to do really, really well in that third main event, and at one point, you're riding in third. You had to pass uh, Anderson, and you had Chase in the front at that point. Uh, in that situation, are you just looking ahead to, I got to get in the front, or are you working one rider at a time? I got to work my way up, and I'll get to the front uh, by the time this is over. Uh, it was tough. I knew going in, I had to Chase and Eli yeah. and Eli had to get third basically so um, yeah. I felt like I had the pace on Jason um, but track to be honest was pretty hard to pass tonight and okay. would would tr get my spots and um, he's a smart guy so he wasn't giving up easy and yeah. um, he made that mistake in the whoops a little bit that allowed me to close and was able to make the pass but 
I knew I had to to beat Chase to to get the overall. So okay. that was what I was going for, and I felt felt good. Felt like I had a great pace going, and felt comfortable. So um, obviously the the lappers, you know, messed him up, and yeah. uh, that gave me you know my my chance oh, there. Man, but yeah. Uh, it's yeah, like I said, it was a lot going on. Eli went down, Bam was down, like it was a lot happening. Let's talk about points, Cooper. You're now just two points down in the championship hunt. Does that come into your mindset when you're in a race like this? Uh, are you like, man, I got to do this and this, and I can close the points of this? Or are you just completely focused on winning that race, winning at that moment? Are you in the zone? Or are you thinking ahead at all when it comes to uh, points in the championship hunt? Yeah, that's that's the age-old question, right? It's yeah. tough, you know, with uh, all of us being so close. And, yeah. you know, you, you're we're going fast, so <laughs> you, you have that little bit of risk. Yeah. And you also have that, hey, you don't want to make mistakes. Yeah. So still early. And um, I think right now, as you can see, there's definitely a pattern. Um, so we'll, we'll just keep fighting and yeah. go for race wins. I think it's still pretty early to, to get wrapped up in it. But obviously, you don't want to make bad mistakes or anything like that. So. Yeah. As of right now, we'll just keep plugging away and yeah. um, see see where it takes us throughout the season. And then tonight, man, the lappers, like the lappers work to your advantage. You were able to get by Chase when he got caught up in a situation with some lappers. But it, it, does that play into your head, too? Like You guys are really close on the points, man. And then somebody else can be the deciding factor in you getting the red plate or not actually at the end of a race. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, yeah. I think... Uh, racing you know when we're in the in the moment of things like you said you think about the points who yeah. who we're racing against who you got to beat and then we got all the other guys that are, are out there going to win too so uh that's super cross and i think obviously yeah. for the fans it's it's great you know it's uh real close between us three and we all each have our i think our own perks yeah now let's talk about the triple crown format you get the win it, it's obviously awesome to get the win but i've heard from writers before that it's, it's kind of like at the end of the race, you don't really feel like you've won sometimes. It's, it's you know, you, you got to do the math and see who's here and who's there. And even though you did win the third main event, which I guess made it more real, uh, what's it like winning in the Triple Crown? Tonight, obviously, is tough because it's, it's the Triple Crown format. And, yeah. um, you know, it's it's a lot different feeling for me than a main event. Uh, so it, it almost doesn't feel real, I guess okay. you could say. But yeah. um, in the sense, it, it's obviously important to get these these good points and stuff. Um, but yeah, obviously a lot of mistakes, and and I just kind of stayed clear and stayed the course. Yeah. So uh, overall, though, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely happy. You know, yeah. to to get another win on the season is great, and to uh, Dallas is always a good one for me. So to come here and and do well is is super cool. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see where that carries us the rest of the season, but. <laughs> feeling confident and uh know what what i can get better at and yeah i think it's just uh we're all we're all riding well and it's just definitely a dogfight at the moment yeah and then let's talk about the track tonight it seemed pretty basic you didn't have the crazy sand that we've been seeing when they uh swing out to the east uh not incredibly technical like what we saw in oakland so what were your thoughts on the track i know there had to be some adjustments too after that first main event and then you looked much better in the second and then overall get the win on the third so uh you know what was happening with you in the track and adjusting your bike tonight yeah it was definitely um fairly basic for sure okay uh, i think it's you know with the future stuff we've been seeing pretty basic stuff but yeah uh, i definitely broke down throughout the night i uh, got the tough thing was is it looks like there's a lot of grip and yeah. that last main event i don't think there was much so um okay. it's a bit deceiving there but 
Yeah, just reading the track, you know, the whoops were, were really not that tough, but they just got super broken down and, and really shiny. So um, I was skimming them actually pretty good, not losing too much. And then, yeah. honestly, I jumped one lap on mistake, and it was pretty yeah. fast. And yeah, right. at the end, it was just a consistent fast line. So, okay. uh, But, yeah, like Eli said, like the dragon back changed entirely, you know, throughout the night. Uh, a lot of the other lines did too. So just kind of reading those conditions and knowing late what's going to be good. And yeah. uh, But like I said, I think it was very, very tough to pass for sure. And um, we were all basically doing the, the same thing all night. All right, Coop. Uh, you came down to an overall win in the third main event to get the overall win tonight. But you wouldn't have had to have got the win in the, the third main event if you'd had a better, you know, start off. You, you seem to start slow in the Triple Crowns uh, historically, and tonight was no different. You did not have a really good first race. Then you got it dialed in, and the second was good, and the third was great. So what can you do uh, the next time we have a Triple Crown to try to get off to a better start and maybe make it a little easier on yourself to get the overall win going into that third main event? I feel like I actually was a little better this weekend. Um, okay. The first and the last one, I had a the first one bad start, and then just yeah. yeah I mean, like I said, we kind of missed the mark a little bit with the comfort. But uh, okay. that second one, I felt good, led a few laps, and yeah. honestly, Jason was just he was ripping. Um, yeah. He was riding really good, and I tried to kind of pace him, and um, I honestly felt pretty good. And I feel like the throughout the day, the speed wasn't uh, a real big factor. I mean, it's something that that I definitely need to to still continue to be better at but i felt felt strong honestly all main event and yeah. for me triple crown's not necessarily like my you know a2 i didn't get on the podium so yeah. i was happy just to be in the mix i think that's important for me and um these are definitely more speed sprint based races obviously endurance comes in later but um at the same time it's you can set the tone within the first 10 laps so for I was sure. pretty happy with that, though. All right, Cooper, we're going into Daytona next weekend. How are you feeling about that? I know it's it's definitely the most unique track of the entire Supercross season with that kind of outdoor vibe. It's also a track notoriously known for lending itself to uh, Eli. So what are you uh, looking forward to next week being in Daytona? Uh, what can we expect from the number two bike? Yeah, it's always a great one. I'm excited for it, and I live in Florida now, so it's uh, yeah. like a home race to me. But uh, <laughs> nice. got to race the guy to my left there, so that's never <laughs> never easy. But uh, yeah. looking forward to it. It's always a good, nasty, brutal one, and I've always had great success there. And um, cool. hopefully get some redemption on last year, no doubt. All right, Cooper, congratulations on a great ride tonight, getting the overall win in Arlington. Uh, look forward to seeing you back up on the box next week as you really narrow down this uh, points race for the championship and the pursuit of the red plate. Can't wait to see what happens next weekend in Daytona. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. The man Entertainment Report! If you've been to the supermarket lately and you've been trying to get some Dole food products, you may notice, well, they're not there. They're scarce. They're not in the market on the shelves. What is happening? 
Well, they got a cyber attack. Apparently someone took over their computers and tried to give them one of those ransomware attacks. And they said, F you, we're not paying. And they're like, okay. So in the meantime, as they tried to switch over to a new computer system, they had to shut down their entire North American operations. And trust me, you could see it on the shelves because there's no dull bananas or dull fruit salads or none of that stuff is in the stores right now as they get things back online with a new system without paying the ransomware. In the state of Idaho, they got a new bill on the table that if the state is unable to get the drugs they need to put someone to death by lethal injection within five days of a said execution, that they're going to go ahead and start using the firing squad. Now, what's so awesome about this is that douchebag that killed those Idaho college students is now looking at death by freaking firing squad because guess what? They don't have those drugs right now and they can't seem to get them. And I bet they're not going to try real hard. I think they'd rather shoot this guy. And finally, let the talk of Jake Paul is not a real boxer come back to life because even though he had an impressive record, he was always boxing washed up older, smaller MMA stars that are not boxers. And now he got in the ring with an actual boxer in Tommy Thury and he lost a split decision. He had a good fight, he put up a good fight, but it's the first time he fought someone as big as him younger than him and an actual boxer and it's the first time he's lost so put all that together and one and one and one makes three the man entertainment with stretch big four nine it is a stretch show why am i playing my x-files music that's because the president of mexico is crazy like stretch i think he's either a master deflector and he is going to uh throw something out there to be like nothing to see here look at this and knowing that many, many, many people in Mexico believe in the supernatural, he's distracting with that, or this dude is down with the supernatural cause, much like El Streche, the uh, king of uh, cocaine, I've heard. Here's what I know. President Andreas Manuel Lopez Abrador, last week on his social media account, he posted a photo of what's called an alux from ancient Mayan folklore. And it's a mythical woodland elf is what an alux is. And there's all kinds of stories and things that go along with them and they go hand in hand all the way back to the Mayans. And we know the Mayans were all over Mexico. And they say it's a mischievous Mayan spirit and a lux. And the photo, which is a night, like a night vision photo, shows a uh, creature up in a tree and it's got two bright eyes and it's got this long, crazy headdress on, like hair, almost like Terminator. I'm sorry, Predator, almost like Predator. And it's looking down at the camera. And the president said as he posted this photo that the creature resembled a sculpture from an archaeological site on the Yucatan Peninsula of an alux. Only this thing's up in a tree looking down at a person and it's not a statue or a mythological figure. It appears to be a real solid being up in the tree. President says he got the photo from an engineer that had taken it just three days earlier who was working on the construction site of a new railway line known as the Trin Maya, which will connect tourist destinations, including a lot of ancient Mayan sites. And everyone who looks at the photo goes, it looks like an Alux. Now, that's 
drawn, of course, because you're not going to come out and be like, hey, look at this picture of a ghost or a Bigfoot or a UFO or anything. And you're not going to throw it out there in a serious manner and not have massive repercussions. And that is exactly what is coming towards the president. People are shredding him, saying he's spreading fake news, saying it's a blurry picture at best. They say, if you believe this, you're stupid. Uh, he goes on to say he has often held a strong, or, or in the past has expressed a strong uh, reverence for indigenous cultures and beliefs, which, by the way, would be a good way to say, oh, nothing to see here. Look at this. Oh, look, because there's a lot of people in Mexico that feel that way about the indigenous cultures and beliefs and things that have gone on in that country. So uh, another one of his uh, ministers in the past got massive criticism for saying that she believed in Aluxes. They say, according to traditional Mayan belief, Aluxes are small, mischievous creatures that inhabit forests and fields and are prone to playing tricks on people like hiding things. They say some people come out and leave small offerings to appease them so that they won't mess with them. The ancient Mayan civilization reached its height in 300 AD to 900 AD along the Yucatan Peninsula. And many people in Mexico still believe that a lot of the stuff that the Mayans believed in is real and is still there. Many people even still speak the Mayan language and wear traditional Mayan clothing while preserving traditional cuisines, crops, religion, and medical practices. So as the president's controversial post comes as opponents flooded uh, the square in protest of his planned overhaul of the electoral authority. So he's doing something that people aren't liking. They're protesting the hell out of it. And then he throws up a picture of a, a lux, which is a small woodland elf that plays tricks on people and says, look at this, it's an lux. I got a photo of it. It's proof they're, they're real. So I don't know. Maybe next week Biden's going to throw up a picture of Bigfoot and say, look, look, I got a picture of Bigfoot. It's real. Don't talk about me being stupid and pooping my pants anymore. And stop calling me Brandon. My name, I thought, I don't think my name's Brandon. I thought my name was Joe. That's what, what he said. So we will see. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I saw a lot of rumblings online from internet trolls over the weekend about Danger Boy Hayden Deegan being allowed to come out at the opening ceremonies in just his third race of his entire pro career. The kid gets to come out to the introductions before the Supercross event. And to that, I say this. He's standing at third place in the points for the 250 East. He earned it. He has the points. He's up there in rank. I don't care if it's his first race or his 100th race. If you're top three in the points, you deserve that chance to come out. Plus the fact that he's probably one of the biggest up-and-coming stars in the entire sport. It's an amazing business move for our friends over at Feld Entertainment. So shout out to Danger Boy. You earned that. You deserve it. And hopefully they keep bringing that kid out. I hope he keeps his points up. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. 849 made a stretch on a Monday. What's happening? Shout out to Cooper Webb getting on the show this morning. If you missed it, we'll rerun it later on in the broadcast this late this morning. Final hour of the stretch show, we'll run it again. And that's the 11 a.m. hour Pacific Standard Time. Basically, the show starts at 3 a.m. We start running it at 3 a.m. 
And then it runs the first four hours of the show. And now you get to 7 a.m. and it restarts. And we restart playing it so everybody on the West Coast gets a morning show that goes the full day. And then we throw that bonus hour on that's never been heard before, that 11 a.m. hour. Bam! It comes at you, which is 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, and it runs all the way to 3. So if you're on the East Coast, you get a 6 a.m. till 3 p.m. And if you're on the West Coast, you get a 3 a.m. till noon every single day. That's what the stretch show does. Deliver, 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 deliver. And then if you just don't want that pesky rock and roll, which I don't know why you would ever say that. That would be offensive to me. But we do have a podcast now that you can listen to everywhere podcasts are served. And if they don't serve the stretch show where you get your podcast, you should go to another place to get podcasts because we're literally every effing where. I'll tell you where I'm not. I'm not on Apple Music because they're a pain in the ass. And they want all this special crap and they don't play well with others. And it's like, you know what? F you, Apple. It's not on Apple. They should be easy like everyone else. Everyone else, I like click, 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 click. I hit one switch, and when I hit, uh, like, produce, bam, it goes to all places at one time. Everybody gets it at once. And that's a whole lot of places to get your podcast, so. Just Google it. You'll find it on the Google Podcast. They're easy to deal with. Uh, to be honest, too, when I look at the podcasting world, as a guy that, I'm not going to be out going and say I invented podcasting, but as a guy that started podcasting way before it became super, super, super popular and everyone had a podcast, I had to, by the way, it cost me a fortune to do my first podcast because the gear wasn't out there. They didn't have it then. I literally recorded the podcast with uh, Jamie and Jack onto a CD in my house, a recordable CD, and then burned it to an MP3 and then loaded it. Whereas now there's MP3 recorders. There's so much stuff that's made for podcasting that did not exist back in 2007 when I started doing a podcast. And they're also, you made no money on them. And people looked at podcasting like it was, well, that's stupid. Why would you do a radio show as a podcast? Why don't I just listen to the radio? It's like, well, we're not on the radio anymore. We're on a podcast. And we got so much crap and so much pushback, which is weird deja vu for me to be here on the Big 49 all these years later. And that was a long time ago, 2007. And now here we are uh, pushing up that same hill with HLS Streaming with a 24-hour this is like, screw podcasts. We'll just do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we'll broadcast it to the entire world via the internet. And people are like, well, well that's digital. Well, that's it. Well, what are your podcasts? No, F you. Podcasts are passe already. They, they had a lifespan of about the early 2000s until now. And now HLS streaming can replace them too. Like, I do like on the podcast that they're on demand. You can listen whenever you want, just like television has become it's all streaming one way or another look at it it's streaming streaming has replaced everything it's just no small feat to stream a radio station and that is exactly what we are doing even though we don't like to call it a radio station because radio is a bad word because it's so outdated passe and over and it really carries a negative connotation with it because it's been something where they they all team up they all play 18 minutes of commercials an hour 
and they do it at the same exact time. So everybody's in commercials at the same time. You can't find music for about somewhere, but anywhere between five and 11 minutes an hour, multiple times an hour. There's, there's chunks where you can't find anything on the radio because everyone's playing commercials together. Uh, I know where you go. You go to Big 49 at that point, and there's not going to be any commercials. It's going to be us playing kick-ass rock and roll and talking. If you hear a commercial, it's one, two at the most. I think two is the most we've ever played ever in a row. So it's it's the future of broadcasting. It is the Big 49. Right now, let's talk about the richest man in the world. His name is not Stretch. No. His name is Jeff Bezos. And he made it abundantly apparent that when that douchebag, Schneider, announced he was going to sell the Washington Redskins slash Washington Commanders, Bezos is like, I'm buying that team. Well, apparently, Schneider, the little twit, has an issue with Bezos. He doesn't like Bezos. And he's like, no. And they say, no matter how much Bezos is willing to pay, Schneider's not taking it. Schneider's already a billionaire. But he's cashing out. Now they say that all was a facade, and they think that Schneider was never serious about selling the team. He just started that talk to get the heat off of the massive uh, cries from the crowd that were, we got to force this idiot out and make him sell the team. So he thought if he just made an announcement he was going to sell the team and he wasn't really serious about it and he pushed it down the road and didn't take the offer seriously, that it would stop the cries for make him sell the team. And voila, that kind of happened. And the fact that he doesn't want Jeff Bezos' money is interesting. It's pretty weird. And they say that Schneider's beef with Bezos all in all is because Bezos owns the Washington Post. And Schneider really, really, really hates the Washington Post because they really, really, really called him out on all of his BS. So it doesn't look like the Washington Commanders are being sold. It looks like it was all fake. And the fact that you're not taking Jeff Bezos' money is interesting. Or is that just some billionaire jealousy? Like Schneider's a billionaire because he owns that team. They're worth a couple billion dollars, whatever it is. Uh, Bezos is one of the richest men in the world. They're not even in the same league. It's like a rich person and then a disgustingly barren like of wealth, and that would be Bezos. Whereas Schneider's just a rich guy. Uh, and everyone's now starting to go, you know what? This guy was never really interested in selling this team. It was just a misdirection. Kind of like the president of Mexico I just told you about. He's either a guy that believes in Woodland Elves, or he was misdirecting while there's massive protest about some stuff that he's doing. One of the two is correct. And that's the same story with Schneider. And Schneider is a known douche. People do not like that guy. He is a very, 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 very unpopular owner. He also kept the name of that team, the Washington Redskins. And by the way, the Redskins is an offensive name if you look at it through Native American lenses. I, I, I don't think, but I'm not a Native American, but I don't think, like, the Chiefs is an offensive name, and I didn't think the Braves was an offensive name, yet they changed that one, too, and they did it before the Redskins, which I can see as clearly offensive, uh, changed their name, because this guy's a douche. So let's see what happens. Maybe they run him out of the NFL now. Who knows? We'll find out soon enough. 
I'm Stretch. Rich guy problems I don't have. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, you guys know I troll the social media like a mofo looking for things to talk about here on the Moto Minutes. And I have found a common theme. It is people that get on e-bikes, and they're not AMA-sanctioned races. They're just a bunch of dudes on e-bikes, and they go out and they race. Now, we all know this. A lot of e-bikes are way faster than regular gas-burning motorcycles. There is no freaking debate in that. They are fast. They are just like a motorcycle, only they're fully electric. They don't have a clutch, and you can still get really effed up on them. But why is it every time I find one of these videos, the dudes are wearing nothing more than a helmet. They're wearing like Vans tennis shoes, maybe some jeans and a flannel shirt. They do not wear protective gear when they ride these e-bikes. They treat them like a joke when actually they're probably as dangerous as a gas-burning motorcycle any day of the week. They definitely got the same power and speed in a lot of cases when you're on a dirt track. So I don't know what these guys are doing, but I do see that all the time on the internet. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show here on a Monday morning right now. We're going to talk about a simple man. Simple man, I guess he decided he was going to be a slanger. He was not slanging the cocaine, no. No, 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 he was slinging uh, MDMA, which is stuff they put in ecstasy. So I'm guessing he was cooking up some ecstasy. But this goes back to a story I told you guys about last week. This guy decides he's going he's gonna to be a slanger. I, he also had a criminal record, too, because he wasn't supposed to have guns. And I can tell you this because, obviously, he's been arrested. Back in early February, uh, Mr. Tom Marshall of Corpus Christi was arrested on charges of possession with intent to distribute MDMA, a controlled substance. Also, unlawful possession of a firearm. Here's how it happened. On February 2nd, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers inspected an international package that was being shipped from Canada, Quebec. They say a canine alerted to the package. So they opened the package and discovered there were two bags that contained a crystallized substance with the label MDMA Prime. Wow, right on it, it said it. Rather than just like, hey, we'll ship this out and put it in a packet of brown sugar or something. No, 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 no. We'll label it MDMA Prime so the authorities know exactly what it is when they x-ray it or look at it. The substance then tested positive for uh, the big long names that make up MDM, MDMA. Commonly used to cook up ecstasy. The package was addressed to a man named Tom Marshall. And it was discovered when they ran the records that he did indeed reside at that address. So what do you think the Popo did? They took their 133 grams of MDMA Prime and they made a little delivery. But this time, they weren't waiting to ambush him. No. Instead, they took the package and they put sensors inside of it so they could track it. And they just set it on the porch and they left and they waited. And as they observed, they saw him come out of the house about an hour after the package was set on the porch. And they gra he grabbed the package and brought it inside the house and now they start tracking him. And then they go ahead and go inside and make a little rest. 
This guy was Barty, though. No cocaine. No. But he did have 133 grams of MDMA that the police delivered to him. He also had 1.7 pounds of mushrooms. 1,835 units of LSD. He had 339 THC vape cartridges. He had 14 and a half pounds of high-grade medical marijuana. He had 551 packages of THC edibles. He had 52 uh, packages of hallucinogenic candy bars that were packed with mushrooms. 376 things of THC wax canisters, 11 jars of THC hot sauce, hot sauce, yeah. I thought I like my hot sauce. I imagine you put a bunch of THC in it. You're like, this hot sauce is delicious. It burns my mouth, yet metals me out all at the same time. He had 11 jars of that. He also had injectable painkillers and ammo and five firearms, which he wasn't supposed to have. He admitted to distributing MDMA once they caught him. LSD, mushrooms, all the other drugs. He was a slanger. Slanger went down because he used, well, a courier service to deliver his drugs. You know, that's a face-to-face business. We gotta get back to the old days of slanging, where you call up and you're like, hey, I'll meet you in the Kmart parking lot over on Highway 32, and they're like, okay. And you show up and you flash your lights and then the dude comes over. You're like, hey, what's up? And you hand him a duffel bag full of cash and then he hands you a suitcase filled with drugs and then you drive away, transaction complete. Even then in the old days though, often, when you did the handoff, it was the popo, it was the 5-0 who had already caught the other guy. He rolled over, said he had a deal going down and then he was there to turn over on you so he could get a reduced sentence. But now people just mail it. Yeah, I just FedEx it. Just gonna FedEx a bunch of ecstasy. The police get it, then they deliver it, and then you got it straight from the popo. Same thing. Different game, same thing. Yeah, got me. If you're going to be a slanger, you got to be smart, people. Because if you're dumb, you're going to get caught. Dumb guys get caught. I see these stories every single day. Take it from me, future slanger of America. My name is Stretch. I don't think I want to mess with all those things. I don't want to mess with hallucinogens. I'm going old school Scarface. That guy's in jail right now on a $75,000 bond. He got bumped. All right, coming up next, let's talk about Americans getting married. It's waning. That means Americans are getting smarter instead of dying. And here I thought everyone was an idiot. Nope. Apparently they're getting smarter, smarter than Stretch. We'll talk about this next. It's the Big Four Nine. Big Four Nine. It is stretch show right now. We are gonna talk a little white wedding, silk shedding. Yeah. Talk about the new norm in America. Over the last 50 years, the marriage rate in the United States of America has dropped by 60%. Say Americans are increasingly foregoing or delaying marriage, a dramatic shift from societal norms just a generation ago. Say even if you're married now, you still get better tax break. There's other legal structures that give you the advantage if you're a married couple. 
By the way, try being a couple with someone and then one of you is in the hospital. They won't let the other one in if you're not married often. They say the formal benefits of marriage are diminishing and people are like, yeah, screw the tax break. I'm fine. I'll stay single. They say even as marriage rates are falling, the institution still holds value in the United States. They say when they asked high school seniors their attitudes towards marriage in 1976, 74% of them said, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to get married someday. And in 2020, 71% of high school seniors say, I'm still going to get married. So it's still on the docket. What's really happening is it's not that they're not getting married. They're getting married much, much later. Say a lot of young people now are saying, hey, I got to pay off my college debt or I got to get my career started or I got to do this or this or this before I even think of starting a family. And then there's those people just living in sin, like Moto Man and his goat. You just live in sin. They're not married. What can you do? Say it used to be a basic institution that everyone had to buy into early in adulthood. You got married, then you moved in together, and then you went and got a job and you started a family. Now they're calling it the last step of adulthood, and it's a very optional step at best. People are more likely to want to finish their education. They want to pay off their debt. They want to maybe buy a house before they get married so when they get divorced, they don't lose their house. There's a lot of that going on. They say the numbers of women entering their first marriage between the ages of 40 and 59 has jumped 75% since 1990. And with that being said, they say there will be far fewer 50th anniversaries in the future. I agree. If you get married between 40 and 59 for the first time, uh, you're probably not going to ever have a 50th anniversary. Interesting look, though. They say now a lot of people are just, they want to have kids and they'll have a kid with somebody and just never get married to them. You co-parent, you do whatever you're going to do, but you're not going to be married. Not going to have that anchor tied to your ass. So, it's interesting. I find that uh, smart. That's what I find that. And I respect that. I, I think I've ruined it for my son. I think my son will never get married. He's 30. Never been married. And I don't think he ever gets married. I had only been married once by his age, and it was 35 when I got married the second time. So, pretty crazy. Or 34 when I got married the second time. Ah, oh, man. Good times. I am for all for having kids, though. Kids are wonderful. Having children is a wonderful thing. I highly recommend it. Get married? Not so much. All right, up next... We're going to talk about a guy that got his truck stolen. He had an F-350, and you know how much those cost. A crap ton of money, to put it exactly on the button. This guy got his stolen in Texas, and somebody helped him. It's crazy. Not him. They helped the thieves. We'll talk about this one next. Stemming 4-9. Moto. Rock. Extreme. 49. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show on a Monday morning right now. We can go to Houston, Texas. Supercross was in Texas this weekend. Nobody got their cars broken into. Because it's in Texas. The people of Texas are fine. It's just those Dallas Cowboys I can't stand. I actually love Texas. In a past life, I used to live there as a cowboy. So I used to tell my family when I was a little kid. Yeah, I used to be cowboy in Texas. They'd be like, really? Then I'd tell them great detail, apparently. 
I'm one of those reincarnated kids. True story. But I can tell you this. In Texas, what do you got? You got your cowboy hat. You got your pickup truck. You got your guns. And that's all you need. You don't need nothing more than that. Well, imagine this guy. He lives in Houston. Got a brand new Ford F-350 truck. Uh, F-350 super stripped down base model is going to be a little over 50 grand. And then I'm seeing them up at all the way around 100. So, it's a nice truck. Cost a lot. This guy says he is a frequent business traveler. And the guys at the airport garage know him. So he was surprised when he got back from a business trip this week. And when he got to the parking garage, he's like, hey, y'all see my truck? And they're like, well, yeah, we did. A couple came in and picked it up yesterday. And he said, what are you, what are you talking about? Nobody picked up my truck. Where's my truck? And they're like, no, 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 no. A couple came in, said that was their truck. They had no identification or a parking ticket. And they said they had lost the key. So we called up the locksmith for him. He came in and made him a new key and they drove out with your truck. Uh, I imagine there were some curse words at that point. Like, sheesh golly, how y'all gonna do that to a guy? Something along those lines. And they're like, yeah, sorry. Whoops, our bad. I gotta wonder who you sue at this point. I know there's insurance. I imagine the insurance company's gonna sue people. Because there's things that go in. Like, AAA won't even show up unless you've got identification and it's your name on the card of your AAA card and on your identification, they won't help you. AAA showed up and you had a card and you're like, hey, I don't have any ID. They'd be like, well, later, and they'd bounce. Yeah, these guys at the parking garage not only called a locksmith for the guy, then the locksmith came out and no one checked ID and no one said, hey, we're gonna pop open that truck and we'll get inside when I get you this new key and then you show me that the registration is to you. Oh no, we don't have any ID. Oh, okay. There you go. Enjoy this $100,000 truck that's probably not yours. Yeah, this guy is pissed. Imagine that coming home from a business trip, just riding the lonely skies. You're like, I can't wait to get back home and get inside my truck. I'm gonna pop on the Stretch Show podcast. And I'm gonna just zone out all the way home. Say, Ford F-350, take me home. That's what I'm gonna say. And that's what he thought he was gonna get to do. But no. Locksmith who gets a non-owner into a car and does not verify they are the owner, they say, can face legal repercussions. So I'm guessing that the garage that didn't get a ticket as these people exited, which, you know, people lose their ticket. But the same people that lost their ticket don't show up to pick up a car that they don't have the key to, nor have identification of any way, shape, or form. Even at my one of my jobs, if you have no driver's license, you are not allowed on, on the property. We check everyone coming aboard. And we're like, yo, no driver's license? Well, that means you aren't legally able to operate a vehicle and you cannot legally operate a vehicle on our property. We will turn you away. If you're a visitor and you roll on with no ID, you are not getting far. That's the way it is. That's the law, baby. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I hope this guy. I feel bad. I know insurance will cover the truck, but I don't feel his insurance should. I feel 
that that parking garage and that locksmith company should pay for this truck. They're the ones technically that stole it. Ain't that some crap. All right, on deck. I got a couple more stories for that ass. Let's get to this one first, because this is the one that's terrifying at the same time. Awesome. And it's a two for one. It's psycho douchebag rapist attacks woman and loses in both situations. Love these stories. Talk about this one next. I'm Stretch, just a big 4 9. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Even though Hunter Lawrence did not get the win in Arlington at the Triple Crown event, he remains firmly in first place in the championship points hunt. And Max Anstey, who did not even get on the podium, remains firmly in second place in the championship points. Nate Thrasher is in third. Hayden Deegan falls down to number four in the points. Jeremy Martin is at number five. Jordan Smith and Tom Vialli take out the top six and seven as far as the championship points. And I'll tell you this, three, four, five, six, and seven are all pretty close points-wise. Hunter Lawrence has got a big old lead at 73, though. Everybody else is in the 50s, so... Good luck to them catching up to Hunter Lawrence as we chase down this 250E season. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's a Stretch show on a Monday morning right now. I love these stories. I don't know if any of you saw that there was a video, viral video that went out of a girl who was, I think she was in an apartment building or a hotel gym and she was working out and this a-hole came in and tried to rape her and man, she was fighting off and fighting off and she finally got loose and ran away, but God, that video just pissed me. Just watching that video pissed me off. Rapist should be murdered on the spot. Oh, you're a rapist. Pow. Done. This story happens in uh, Avion, France. 4 a.m. on Sunday morning, a lady's out walking her dog. 57-year-old woman walking her dog at 4 a.m. That's when a guy in his 30s started following her. He then ran up on her and forcefully started hugging and kissing her while ramming his hands down her pants. While struggling with the man, finally the woman just bit off a chunk of his tongue. And she kept it, by the way. She bit off a chunk of his tongue. He ran away. She went home, spit the tongue into a, a plastic bag and brought it to the police. He was easy to find after that. Uh, the man, by the way, who is from Tunisia, was illegally living in France. Now he's being deported. And uh, he's going to get kicked out. I would imagine they're going to try him first for sexual assault before they send him out. He says he was just walking and the lady attacked him. Yes, yeah, she just ran, attacked me and bit my tongue off. 57-year-old lady at 4 o'clock in the morning out, you know, stalking the streets, looking for some strange so she could bite their tongue off. Yeah, I gotta believe that one. And then they give us in the same article another story where in Spain, a man attacked a woman uh, near Barcelona and he attempted to rape the woman who kind of lured him in and then just pulled out a knife and whacked off his whacker. Here's what's crazy about this one. Both of the people in Barcelona were from Bangladesh, the man and the woman. The man 
she says tried to rape her. She cut off his penis in retaliation. The woman then contacted police to say, hey, this guy tried to rape me and I chopped off his penis. They arrested her, both him and her. The man they did charge with attempted rape, but they uh, charged her with assault and amputation. Ain't that some crap? What's happening in Spain, man? You you try to rape someone and they think you really tried to rape someone? You get what's coming to you. You get your dong chopped off. Oh, well, par for the course, my friend. You had it coming. Cops should just be like, up, oh, no harm, no foul. Now we got a, a penisless rapist running around. We'll be much better in the future. Yeah, I don't see how they charged that lady. Unless they thought they were like a couple and they were having a beef and she chopped off his dong and said he tried to rape her. I don't know. And it is weird that they were both in Spain, yet both from Bangladesh. I don't know. Doesn't go into any more detail other than that. But I am all for the uh, penis chopping off, tongue ripping out, uh, bullet to the head of rapist. Especially if you have a mom, a sister, a wife, a daughter, any of those, you, you are probably in my camp on that one. All right, we got to get out of here. So uh, up next, I'm going to bring up my friend Cooper Webb. Cooper Cooper Webb coming up next. Talk to him and then we'll get out of here. It's the Monday show already in the books. I am Stretch. It's the Big 49. All right, it's that time to go home. Time to pack it up and get out of here. It is lunchtime in the USA. And that is what we're all going to do right now. Cram our faces. I have my lunch already packed for my real job. It is slow roasted pork with uh, pineapple barbecue glaze and pineapple chunks in there. I slow cooked it, then I mixed it all up, and then I dumped that pineapple barbecue sauce on there. By the way, Trader Joe's, there's certain things that Trader Joe's is the king of. They are unparalleled, and their sauces are one of them. They have a sriracha barbecue sauce that is, uh, I think it is a garlic sriracha. It is freaking next level good because it's spicy yet not too spicy it's a little sweet it's perfect and then the pineapple barbecue sauce is solid too especially if you're going to do a little uh hawaiian themed uh, slow roasted pork like i have and then i took all my meat put it in a low carb tortilla because stretch hates stretch and i'm not eating bread and i can eat one of those a day so that is my sandwich gotta be good get my lunch on and then instead of chips I have uh, spicy pork skins pork rinds that is my chips and then I have a diet soda because stretch hates stretch and then I have some cheese and some salami and I eat some nuts these nuts in your mouth that's what I have good times and I'll probably have pretty much the same damn thing again tomorrow it's boring all right shout out to my bff mr cooper webb congratulations to him for winning arlington triple crown one more triple crown left this season it will happen in glendale arizona the first week of april this saturday supercross heading to daytona gonna be an outdoor track on an in it's the weirdest race of the year eli tomac the winningest rider in the history of supercross in Daytona on that track. And remember, Eli is a dominant beast outdoors. And this track is very outdoorsish. It's a very, very big track. 
at the Daytona Speedway. So, Cooper's got his work cut out for him when you battle Eli Tomac in Daytona. Anyone does. But it's not a triple crown. And there's also deep, brutal sand in Daytona. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk to Eli Tomac. Get ready for Daytona with Mr. Eli Tomac tomorrow. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4-9.